Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. I'm your host, Benjamin Rangel, and today we have, for the first time in a long time, a Milwaukee talkie, which for listeners who don't remember, Milwaukee talkie is sort of a different format of our podcast where instead of learning more about a particular event or initiative happening in our community, we feature a one-on-one interview with a particular guest. Uh, And so that's what you have to look forward to. But before we jump into that, I just want to plug, of course, uh, as always, if you are a supporter of Bridges City or you want to support Bridges City, please consider becoming a patron, patreon.com slash Bridges City for just $4.14 a month. You can support uh, what I consider local community journalism, uh, good, important work featuring good, important people doing amazing work here in Milwaukee and other really, uh, really, I think, under covered topics uh, in particular local elections that's coming up soon so again become a supporter of bridges city at patreon.com slash bridges city all right with that um i'm going to transition to our milwaukee talkie and i'll let our guest brett introduce himself uh to the listeners hey everyone i'm brett heaton juarez i am a founder of change from your dollars llc also wrote a book of that name, which has a lot to do with my experiences professionally and mostly personally with money. I'm also a licensed financial planner in the area and a board chair of Project Kindred, which is a great nonprofit. It is really great. And actually, Kindred is uh, one of our former guests on the podcast. Nice. We had, interestingly, you would love this, Brett. Yeah. Um, we interviewed, and I say we, Bridges City, I wasn't even one of the people who interviewed uh, folks with Camp Kindred, which it was, it was called yep. Camp Kindred at the time. And I listened to the episode, and as listeners know, every episode ends with tangible action steps and how to get involved and make a difference. And one of the action steps was like, hey, if you have kids, obviously send them to camp. Uh, otherwise, consider like supporting our mission. And I actually became a camp counselor because of our interview no on Bridges City. So following through on our own action steps. Um, and he's a good one, too, by the way. Uh, you know, <laughs> thank you for saying that. I've, I did recently get uh, identified as one of the longer serving yeah. uh, camp counselors there. Uh, so quick plug for Kindred, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Well, although that might come up for sure, for sure. Uh, Brett, you do a lot of different things in the community, and I would consider you someone who's like an ideal Bridge the City community member. You're really involved. You're concerned about the community. But we met, actually, um, we were introduced, and I believe our relationship started as sort of like a financial advisor-type relationship. So yeah. can you can you talk a bit about, like, where how did you start doing that type of work? Is that always something you wanted to do? What brought you into this like sort of field of financial advising? Yeah. Is it something I always wanted to do? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Part of why I'm so passionate about Project Kindred is that prior to becoming a financial advisor, I did nonprofit youth work, experiential ed, and that was my passion. Wanted to be a teacher from the time I was 16. Um, I was approached about it at a time when I was, I guess, looking for a change. And I thought about it for a long time. And it was such an interesting case study on perception and identity and how 
all people categorize each other because everyone gave me the benefit of the doubt as a human being when I said that I ran a summer camp for youth in Milwaukee. Mm. I was like, oh, that's so great. Yeah. Bless your heart. Yep. And then two months later, I was like, well, I'm a financial advisor. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> same guy, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, the common thread is counseling and coaching. Mm. So that's what's made it work is that I've always been interested in long-term relationships and yeah. measuring progress over time. And so that's what Kindred has, what my last career had, and this one too. Yeah, and that's so interesting that you talk about perception. Mm -hmm. Because I um, often, when I started teaching just a few years ago, felt a real sense of pride in the fact that I, when I met new people and I was like, I'm a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, gonna pull put my business out there and be vulnerable here for a bit i will say that if i met random person on uh, at a wedding or at an event and you know they worked in finance broad category right mm -hmm. um which is a bit different like uh, you know there's a lot of different things you can do it's under like that social umbrella. services there's a lot yes you know yeah. there's a lot in there but i would say that i am guilty of like making quick assumptions and and such and i'm sure i'm sure others might might either feel like they're they receive that or they also might perceive people differently based on their occupation. So talk a little bit, how do you navigate that? I mean, um, uh, your identity, how you're perceived is really important to you, I'm assuming. And so how do you navigate, uh, sort of that tra transition from a different career and, and mm -hmm. doing different type of work and, but still maintaining your commitment to what I know that you're committed to social justice and making real positive change. Yeah. Well, one of the things that drew me into this career was the independence around my schedule. Mm. And so I was told that it would be a ton of work getting started. And it was, it was, it was brutal. But if there was a community organizing event at this time on this day, I could always go. Mm. Um, I could choose to meet with this person over that person. So I found that really empowering because time is money. How we, choose to spend our time does tell a story about what we value. If you're on social media three hours a day, like that does have an effect on your dollars and in your life. And um, so in terms of my like perception, I chose to, what I realized is that everyone's using money and a lot of people, myself included, had a lot of baggage and issues with mm -hmm. money. Yep. You know, when I was in high school, I was a, uh, a communist atheist. I've softened a little bit on both of those things since then, but man, like, was not expecting that. But um, we're all, like, no dollar is neutral. So, so often people spend money out of convenience without thinking, well, there's people that work at that company, or mm. what are the externalities of this and that? And because I'm such a social science nerd, which you and I also share, I was like, okay, everyone's using money. I've got something that people want to talk about. If I can just reframe it a little bit and talk about the social impact mm -hmm. of money, um, that's way more interesting. Yeah. Because um, like the tactical elements of personal finance, frankly, I'm not all that interested in. I know how to do it. Yeah. But I... I think I kind of brought an outsider perspective to it because, you know, I started nine years ago 
it was a real eye opener because I'd always worked mostly with people of color, mostly with women. Mm-hmm. And then I came here and I wore a tie and I looked like everyone else for the first time in, in, in my work experience. And that was a real eye opener. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll uh, say a little bit more about our initial like meeting and how you were identified to me as someone who was willing to support uh, in particular people doing like service related work in the community. I don't know if you remember this, but mm-hmm. like you were, I was an AmeriCorps member and for mm-hmm. folks who don't know, AmeriCorps is an amazing opportunity for people to uh, give back to their community and to serve usually after college, but even after high school, you can do AmeriCorps positions for a year or two. And as AmeriCorps members, typically you are uh, really, you're not paid well. You are doing a service to the community and therefore you're, you're getting a very low mm-hmm. wage uh, in return for that service. And so you were identified as someone who like um, is looking to kind to sort of looking to support somebody who might not be your typical uh, mm. consumer of financial planning and financial advising. Yeah. Right. And so talk a bit about I, I felt very intentional when we first yeah. met. Say more yeah. about that work. Yeah. So I didn't know that exactly, although I'm not surprised. I think that. Most people perceive finance or get into financial planning because they're into business or money or both. And then the human element comes second. So maybe it's like 80% finance, 20% people. And I was trying to flip the switch or this, yeah, flip the balance, or at least <laughs> that was my angle, right? Like that's mm-hmm. like, oh, I could do that. I could be really good with people. Um, there's a lot of barriers to getting quality financial advice because financial advice is typically or always somehow proportional to the money going in. Mm-hmm. So I write about it in yeah. my book is like what every financial planner wants, including me, is for someone to come along and say, I've stumbled across a million dollars and I would like your assistance with what to do with it. Yeah. Right. Because that's like picking fruit at like collecting the harvest at the end. Mm -hmm. The hard work is planting seeds. And also like, because I spoke, because I was super connected to a lot of causes around the city, like, um, I, you know, it's like you learn best from a near peer. Mm -hmm. And so like a call to action for me was like, how do I get more people that care about, Milwaukee as a city involved in this line of work because this type of work is going to happen regardless. Yeah. So we might as well have good people doing it. Yeah. And um, we can talk a bit more about your book, Change from Your Dollars. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't think I've ever sat down and thought to myself, at least at this age, I'm going to write a book. So, (laughs) so I, I would love to hear about that process. And I don't think we've had, we've had uh, Deanna Singh. Do you know her? Yeah. So she um, wrote Purposeful Hustle. She might be one of the only other, yeah. well, John Gerda comes to mind, but sure. in, uh, we haven't had a ton of authors on, on okay. the podcast. And so yeah. um, I would love to hear more about that process, what inspired it, and then telling listeners uh, what can mm-hmm. they expect if they were to pick up a copy. Yeah. So it was seven years in the making. Oh, okay. Um, the idea came to me 
in 2016 of like, I need to integrate what I know thus far in my life about social science and dynamics into finance. There's a market for psychology and finance, which is kind of like believe it, achieve it type mm -hmm. stuff, which has, it's part of it, but not all of it. What I found missing was that there wasn't any acknowledgement of our shared history of traumatic events and inspiring events. And like, how did we get here? Mm. Because so often, even in pro bono financial outreach, it's like someone who makes a lot of money telling someone who doesn't like, okay, so you've got $10 left over. Why don't you just put $2 here and $1? Here? And there's no discussion of like advocacy or policy yeah. or any of that. Yeah. So that's what's coming into the book. Like, um, it's autobiographical. So for better or worse, you'll get to know me very well. <laughs> and I had to do it that way because there was, there was no other way to see the evolution of a single person and how the dots mm. connect. Yeah. Um, that said, I'm also drawing in things that I hear from thousands of confidential conversations because it's one thing to see something on YouTube, but when you give someone a chance to speak confidentially, mm. they often share things that are more true, mm. right? Um, as far as writing it, I knew I had to finish it. It was so hard. The last three years, I was spending like half of my time doing it. Um, so through COVID, I spent a lot of time on it with the kids running around and stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard. Because a lot of it, you're just like staring out the window. Yeah. <laughs> wondering <laughs> do do what start? you're doing. <laughs> yeah. But I think um, the last thing on the book is like there's one of the, the outputs of it is identified like four pathways mm -hmm. to kind of make money work for you in the sense of like there's four kind of, I don't want to call them personality types, but behavioral pathways. And one of them is like basically if you think that you have something to say or a value or a gift to share, you have to persist until you've shared it. So the only thing worse than writing the book would be starting it and not finishing. Mm. Okay. And then how do you apply, let's say, like that pathway or that way yeah. of thinking to like some other, right? We're not all writing books. So it's like, sure. um, is there another concrete example or another way you can sort of exemplify that pathway? Or, or I mean, this sounds interesting. I feel like I should have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, so like. Them, Growing your gift is really about identifying what you're good at and what you like to do. So like a high profile example is like a musician or an athlete. Mm -hmm. They spend a couple decades practicing and not really earning any like it alone because they yeah. love it. They're motivated. And then that kind of comes through at the end. Um, another example would be like if you love to do pottery or art like if grow your gift, like start small, start somewhere and begin to share it. Mm. Um, that makes the work more. Yeah. Tolerable. Um, one thing that I really appreciated in our conversations in the past has been the way that you talk about money. You might see things or you might even read things like, um, folks who are in poverty, which by the way, for listeners sake and in full transparency, like I grew up, 
what would be considered low income, like in mm-hmm. poverty, um, and don't have like a, a source of generational wealth to tap into, right? Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes when people talk about money and finances, and especially when you have wealthy people who talk about it or people who are pretty stable, they talk about it in such a black and white way. Mm-hmm. If you want to be better off or wealthier, just stop spending so much money on yeah. junk food or, um, you know, you didn't need to do that one thing. You could have spent your money somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But in our conversations, it's always felt like nothing is really black and white that you need to think about the person's social dynamics. And in particular, we've talked a bit about um, just like how money impacts um, my like personal life. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it might be easy to just say like, save more, Ben. Sure. But it's like, <laughs> it's easy for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, I've never got that advice strictly. Like it's never been that straightforward from you. Not that it's been complicated, but right. it's always felt like, Hey, I acknowledge that it's way more nuanced. There's money is yeah. a social thing. And so I guess just talk a bit more about that. And is that, am I projecting there? Is that intentional? Is that something that you, that shows up in the book at all? Or oh yeah. That? Yeah. Well, I'm glad it came through. It's definitely intentional. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of financial advice is tone deaf because it's, it's robotic. Mm, it's, it's yeah. calculus, right? Um, and so the early chapters of the book are about my childhood, and I grew up financially comfortable. Once I get into my uh, 20s, uh, I go work at a summer camp. I start to wonder why the kids in my cabin who are labeled low income have expensive shoes better than mine. Mm. And then from that, you emerge this theme of like, well, we spend to belong. And like, Mm. if your belonging is in question on a fundamental level, how does that show up in terms of behavior? Um, My wife uh, also grew up, she grew up in Milwaukee in in what would be considered low income. When we were dating, it's like, it was really messy Mm. because I had these kind of like Protestant middle class norms of like uh you know i don't know not thrift i didn't get that uh but certainly like repression and like responsibility and then she's like hey we're all just out here trying to like you know get through the day and like get on to the next day so that absolutely shows up in the book Mm. um yeah so i mean on unlike working class and poverty specifically a lot of times what is not understood is that you have to take some amount of risk to get ahead you have to quit a job you don't like to try to get a new job that Mm -hmm. you do like and so if someone with a lot of money left over makes takes a calculated risk they can handle the loss yeah a lot of people can't handle any loss yeah and so therefore it becomes harder to take risks and you know that theme ties into um land theft this country is, you know, we stole land from the people living here. Mm-hmm. And stole labor, of course. And yeah. we stole labor. And uh, that's part of the reason why this nation is very wealthy. Yeah. The, probably the two biggest reasons. Yeah. And then you've got immigration and, and you know, entrepreneurship and all that, too. So what I'm trying to do in the book is say, like, this is how it shows up in my life and my encounters with people. Yeah. But this is also what's happening. If you zoom out a little bit, like this is the macro level. Um, 
and you know, like savings rates among um, people of color and, and um, they're often lower. And one reason is that they're supporting more family typically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was thinking back to your example of um, you might have to take a risk of quitting a job to like get ahead if you don't like the job or the job is exploiting you in some way. And it's harder to quit a job if you're supporting, you know, children right. or a single parent or yeah. uh, the the rent is exorbitantly high and mm-hmm. you're getting uh, outpriced because of gentrification or something. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's a lot of factors. And one thing I really appreciate and, and I, I'm assuming listeners would appreciate it from the book is just the how much more nuanced your this conversation right now mm-hmm. every conversation we've had but probably conversations you have with readers in the book about money because it's so frustrating to me to hear people especially now with like social media and tiktok influencers around finances and get mm-hmm. rich quick schemes i don't mm-hmm. know if you touch on that at all in the book but yeah. it's just um uh people just think about money in a way that feels so uh, cold or, as you mentioned, tone deaf. And so I appreciate that nuance. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to shift a little bit and talk about your, like, community involvement. We We sort of started the the podcast hearing about um, your work at a summer camp and and Project Kindred. Um, But if somebody's listening to this, which hopefully most listeners are wanting to get more engaged in the community. Talk about this intersection of like where finances and financial planning and advice comes into making so making it easier for people to invest, whether it's financially or with your resources and time in a community. Mm-hmm. And specifically you can talk to like investing in the Milwaukee community. Like what advice do you have for folks about investing their time, energy, yeah. uh, talents in, in Milwaukee? Yeah. Well, I think the, the, the old expression of uh, "think globally, act locally" is 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 a good one. Um, we are all connected. I use I talk about money without numbers in the book. I talk about in terms of water, hmm. and so water can nourish us or drown us, right? And money's like that. It's just it's just a proxy for energy. So if money equals reality. And reality equals perception, then perception equals money. And the good news is that we can incrementally influence policies, businesses to do things for the better. Like there's been an explosion in um, um, ESG investing, which basically like screens out companies that are sketch. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the positives. Uh, things that I observed in COVID was this outpouring of, of shopping at local businesses that were in danger. It was like, yes, that's, that's it. Right. And another thing that you talk about on Bridges of the City all the time is voting. Mm -hmm. Um, Democracy and capitalism are messy and they allow people in the system to change the system without breaking the system. Mm. Yeah. So in that sense, it's like to just say, Oh, I don't do money or like, Oh, I asked my dad about that. It's like, you are not your dad. And even if your dad is trustworthy, it's like you are an actor in this community. Like mm-hmm. you can make change from your dollars. That's where the book title came from. 
I think um, as far as what to do locally, you can ask business owners. It sounds a little like you can ask like uh, for who they hire and like you can look for signals of support. Um, like to shop locally means that that money is way more likely to be reinvested locally. Mm, yeah. And that's really the, the call to action. Yeah. Um, what about in terms of kind of bigger picture, somebody's listening to this and they're like, it sounds like Brett has invested. You mentioned that you're on the board of uh, project kindred mm-hmm. kindred. Um, what about like investing in that way, like supporting community organizations? How do you know the community organization or the donation that you give to an organization is like they're going to use it right? Or like any advice there in terms of how you would invest in like uh, these nonprofits or other people doing work in the mm-hmm. community? You know, technically, yes, I guess I have advice. You can look at their form 990s and stuff, but that's not the point. The point is that most people just need to start somewhere. Mm. I'm a fan of yours. I'm I'm a fan of, I was like looking at your website, like, man, they're doing so many stuff. I'm not a Patreon subscriber. Mm. So yeah. there you go. What the hell are like, you doing? I know. $4.14 <laughs> month, right? But that's hap- that just shows up so often. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And like with Project Kindred, um, there's that's an upstream investment, right? So mm. if you go back, if you, if we invest in young people, it's going to take a while to, to see the reward in that, but it, it's going to like, if we invest in young people and we don't like, so there's some policy ideas in the book about campaign finance. So I'm going to give some national policy examples, which yeah. certainly we can start locally if yeah. that works. Um, campaign finance reform, if we get the money out of politics, that would solve a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to follow the money. And the way things are set up, it's hard to follow the money. Uh, people that have arrived generally want to keep the status quo because they kind of played the game to get there. It's not necessarily a criticism of them. It's just a reality. Mm-hmm. Um Another uh, call to action is get involved in your your school board elections, um, school boards, and property tax funding is like really affected by real estate, which is another national policy idea. Which is yeah. like we say we want to invest in all kids, but really we don't. Mm-hmm. It's attached to the zip code that the parents live in. Yeah, seems really backwards. It's one of those things that's obvious when you think about it, but it's somehow slipped under the radar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, another thing I'm thinking, so I guess a question or yeah. maybe a conversation that high school Brett would have appreciated, the, the more <laughs> left-leaning yeah. one, is um, what it sounds like you're discussing in your book is that we have – the system that we exist in, capitalism and democracy, which is, as you said, messy, mm-hmm. but it is the system, mm-hmm. and we're all we're all participants if if we exist within the system, and so um, we can sort of choose mm-hmm. to participate in a certain way, spend our money in a certain way, and so on and so forth, invest in different ways. But what do you say to the person who's like, well, the system itself, capitalism, 
it's broken. It's inherently yeah. exploitative. We have a finite amount of resources. Um, uh, capitalism is about creating more wealth, uh, mm-hmm. gaining more capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a system of finite resources, that can't go on forever. And mm-hmm. we've seen the consequences of capitalism, whether we think of climate change, mm-hmm. whether we think of mass exploitation, the mm-hmm. proliferation of, of, you know, war via capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say to somebody who might read your book or hear this podcast and they're like, um, Brett's giving great advice on how to operate within the system, but the system itself is just, it's, it's broken. It needs to go. Yeah. So, I think that if you, listener, are a true revolutionary, then so be it, right? And I'm not saying that tongue-in-cheek. I mean, like, if you want to go from zero to 100 right away, so be it. Incrementally, we fund corporate profits and the government, and that's why we need to vote. These corporations exist within rules that we approve. It sounds difficult because it is. The reason all the things that we've seen in Congress, um, in politics and campaigns, those tactics that we may feel are idiotic or self-serving, they are working because people are watching that content. So we have a lot more power than we realize. Um, we're seeing that in the court of public opinion where companies are moving towards carbon neutrality. Mm-hmm. We are seeing tax subsidies for electric vehicles. Of course, there's like the battery mining. I mean, so there's like nothing's perfect, but um, we decide how much people should be taxed. Mm-hmm. I think that human nature is such that uh, people will always go big there's always going to be some people that have a hard time sharing and that's socialism is sharing capitalism is creativity and innovation and everyone's got phases of both Mm. so i think that we all exist on a on a spectrum there and we need both Mm. um great is there anything else for listeners uh brett that you'd love for um people to sort of take away from this conversation and maybe uh, share more about what's in the book that they can expect if they want to pick up a copy? Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, the book is not technical. And it is long, but it reads like a conversation. So it moves faster than you think. Um, Changefromyourdollars.com has some of the concepts that I've you know talked about and um, outlined. I'm beginning to do um, speaking in workshops especially for nonprofits around town or a small business that has a super community focused or a cause that they care about. Um, right now the, the book itself is available on Amazon. I should be in Boswell's and other retailers soon. Um, working on it. And I've learned a lot about publishing along the way here. And, uh, yeah, you know, if you have any questions like through the website, you can just drop a note. And even if I said something you didn't like, you know, let's talk about it because we're all human and uh, we just got to start with that. Well, Brett, thank you so much for this conversation. Uh, You still have an opportunity if there's any other action steps for listeners. It felt like your earlier one was was like a 
was a good one um, in terms of like where to find the book and then mm-hmm. uh, carrying up, like reaching out if there was anything you said. Mm-hmm. But is there any other tangible action step? And if you have advice for people on how to get involved and make a difference in their community here in Milwaukee, anything else you'd like to share with listeners? Yeah. The- We've had a version of this conversation hundreds of times. Uh, we can get overwhelmed with everything that is happening in our lives and in the world. And for your life and your money, first, find awareness. What is actually happening? I spent this much at Amazon. I spent this much locally. Mm. How do I feel about that? Step two is intention. Do I want to make a change? Am I okay with this? And step three is automation. Automation is harder and a little more nuanced, but the intention is going to reveal something to you. And then what I would also say is it certainly doesn't have to be a professional like me, but you need to find someone to talk to. Hmm. It could be a friend you trust to be like, can we confidentially talk about all of our like money stuff and compare notes? That's going to be a lot better than stressing in isolation, Hmm. which is what a lot of people are doing. That is, wow, that's a really... This the exact type of action step we love is something that is very simple but could be transformational. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to someone about money, which is for whatever reason really difficult to do, like de- demystifying mm-hmm. that conversation, um, it's helped me in our conversations, yeah. and so I would I would definitely agree and and affirm that action step. Um, and I'll just plug. Hey, it seems like it's a great it's a great book, Brett. I'm going to advise listeners to pick it up um, at Amazon if you wish, but maybe wait a few weeks and get it at Boswell. Um, And again, I want to thank you for being on Bridges City. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to Bridge the City. Uh, Thank you to Brett for taking his time and joining us on the podcast. If you like what you heard, you could always become a supporter of Bridge the City um, at patreon.com slash bridge the city for as little as $4.14 a month. That's 414 rep in Milwaukee. You can become a supporter of our uh, community journalism, as I like to call it. Um, Maybe you don't have that $4 now. That's okay. I understand. You can also support us by following us on social media, sharing our podcast with friends. Uh, But if anything, always reach out and let us know how you have helped bridge the city. Bridge the city.